kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their spirit, that their heart melted, and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. See, that should have got you excited right there. Because what you would see, what we don't realize is that there's something occurs the moment that we cross over. Amen? See, see, see the, the, the enemy thought he had it all won and everything was all done. But suddenly one day you decided, I'm going to get right with Jesus. Suddenly one day you decided to respond to that voice that's been calling you forever. And the moment you did that, all of hell began to tremble. That's why you should have got excited. See, because a lot of folks don't realize what goes on in the spirit realm when you change from this place to this place. When you leave the place of darkness and you move into the place of light. See, when that occurs, something happens that the, 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 all of hell begins to tremble. Because wait a second, I thought I had this one and I don't. And see, here's the bad part is because all the messages you went through the enemy knows how deep you were in it and so he realizes that if this one really gets a revelation of who God is this one is really going to bring some devastation to the kingdom of darkness because if this one was fearless out there in the world now this one has the power of the Holy Ghost dwelling in them so no fear is going to hold them back from bringing life to those who are lost oh y'all ain't say see so so what happens is the moment that you cross over the the moment you took a position, you took a step forward and said, I'm going to get right. So you didn't realize what was going on, but the enemy was, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Praise you. See, I'm, I'm not even in the intro yet. Glory to his name. Praise the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Verse 2, let's continue on. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives. See, y'all got excited about this. This is the part that hurts right here. Make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise. Mm-hmm. The devil got excited. I mean, the devil got scared. Hello, somebody. You got excited, but then you got to deal with the reality here, right? Amen. Huh. The sons of Israel, again, the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself, circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt were male, who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would show them the land which the Lord had, sw had sworn to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. And Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place. For they were uncircumcised because they, had been, they, because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in the place in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal. Amen. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for your truth that is found in your word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the liberty that is found in that truth. We thank you for the purpose and the destiny that we find in you, Father God. And Lord God, even as we're sharing here concerning crossing over, Father, I pray that each of us would have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. I pray that each of us, Father God, would 
receive from you that which you desire us to receive, Father God. And that we would obey your voice, that we would walk according to your direction, no matter what it costs us, God. We thank you for this, and we honor you for this all. In Jesus' mighty name, someone said, amen. The title of the message is Crossover. And we understood that all of us live our lives in seasons, different seasons in our lives. We have different seasons. We have different moments. We talked about being born. When you are a newborn, you are a child. That is a season of your life as you continue on into the toddler years and you move forward and you get, and I brought you all the way to being senior citizens and then being, of course, when you become an eternal resident of eternity. And so we all live in different seasons. And the reason why this is important for us to realize is because in those seasons of our life, we are not only experience different seasons, but we also experience this principle of sowing and reaping. It's a principle that is a reality. It is a principle that is there. God in the Bible says that he will not be mocked, that whatever a man sows, that will he reap. And so if you're sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. If you're sowing to the spirit, you reap eternal life. This is not talking about, obviously, eternal life and you you earning eternity. That's not what it's talking about. It is talking about reaping this, etern- this eternal life now while you're here. You need to experience some things now while you're here, can somebody say amen? God God wants us to taste. You know, when you look at the Bible here and you see these scriptures, it talks about this land that flowed with milk and honey. There was a certain taste that this land had. And there is also something that you'll find and is that people have tasted. In the book of Hebrews, it talks about those who have tasted of heaven, who have tasted of that eternal realm, and then they, t- then, then, then they turn away. And so here's what the reality is. The reality is that heaven has a taste to it. Someone say amen. Heaven has a good taste to it, amen. Heaven is it, it has a taste like you've never tasted. It's not a taste you taste with your tongue. It is a taste that you taste with your spirit, with your soul. It's a taste that fills you like nothing else. It's a taste that satisfies you like nothing else. And so what God is wanting is for us to experience that taste. He doesn't want us to be taste testing all over the place. Hello, somebody. He wants us to get the taste of what's good and what's right and experience that and continue to eat of the fruit of eternity while we're here on this earth. The key to us eating the fruit of eternity is that which we are sowing. I hope you're getting this. It is that which you are sowing because if you are sowing eternal seed, guess what you are going to reap? Eternal fruit. When you're sowing eternally, when you're sowing into the spirit, when you're sowing by the spirit, what happens is that is what you are tasting of. Does that mean you will not have some bitter herbs in your life? No, no, no. Does that mean that you may not have difficult situations that don't taste so good? But you know what's beautiful? This is a beautiful thing because I, 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 don't, I don't know a lot, you know, about cooking. Hello, somebody. But what I do know is I, I know enough to know this, that there are certain things that don't taste so good by themselves. But if you have the right seasoning, mm-mm. if you have the right sason, hello, somebody. If you have the right adobo, hello, somebody. If you got the right stuff to put on that, guess what happens? It changes the flavor and makes it more palatable. Oh, glory to God. And so it is the same thing when you are sowing spiritually. You begin to reap that seasoning from heaven that enables you to go through life. And those things that are a little bitter, those things that are a little bit difficult, they ain't so bad. You're able to swallow them. You're able to stomach them. You're able to 
deal with them because of what? Because there is something that is altering your experience, oh glory to God. And so it is important that we learn that God is talking, when he's speaking to Israel here, he is talking to them about this promised land. And it is very important for me that we are clear. When I'm talking about us crossing over, I'm not talking about us crossing over the street. Hello, somebody. I'm not talking about us crossing into a land in the natural realm. I'm talking about us crossing over into another dimension spiritually. Hello. Because here in this earth, I hope, and listen to what I'm about to say, I hope that nobody finds their promised land while they're here on earth. Because if you find your promised land here on earth, you ain't got nothing to look for in heaven. Glory to God. Because that is the promised land that we are moving into when we pass from this line of life into eternity. We enter into that. You see, because if you experience your promised land now and you get everything here, what do you got to look forward to in heaven? So don't worry. We are all walking around together. Glory to God. It's not about a promised land. It's about living in the promises of God. Amen. It's about walking in the blessing of God. It's about walking wherever you are that the promises of God are following you, securing you, stabilizing you, and leading you. That's what it's about. That's what it means to cross over, church, to enter into that next dimension where God wants us to be. In each of these seasons, like I said, we deal with this sowing and reaping principle. And it is important for us that we make sure that we are sowing spiritually because our sowing does not only affect you as an individual. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your sowing doesn't just affect you as an individual. It affects me as your brother. And if you were a lady, say, or your sister. Or your husband or your wife or your son, daughter, whatever, your friend. Hello. It affects everyone around us, church. And it's important for us to realize not only does it affect us, but it affects generations to come. So if Jesus doesn't return, I hope that I've been a faithful sower. If Jesus does not return, I hope that I have been sowing spiritually for the generations that will live until his return. Hello. And that should be the heart of each of us to ensure that we are sowing good stuff. We're not sowing mess. That's the re can, can, can I say this? That's the reason why it's so important. And I use the debt scenario again. It's important that we don't accrue all of this debt, right? Because this is what happens. We accrue all of this debt, then we get sick, we die, and guess who inherits it? Your spouse, your children. Getting left, all, all, all this craziness that goes on because what? Because we're irresponsible. It's important that we're sowing into their future liberty, sowing blessing into their future. It's important that we do our job correctly as people of God and that we live this life according to the standard which is found in the word of God. Amen? So by faith, we are either sowing or actually by, by faith or by the flesh, we are sowing for the generations to come. Our new beginning we talked about last week requires a crossover to position us for success. I used the basketball terminology last week, and I said that, you know, there's a move, it's a crossover, and if you got a good crossover, you will open up a lane for yourself and, and you know, pass the person who's guarding you and position yourself for a goal, and hopefully you can finish in the basketball arena. The beauty of this is all you got to do is cross over, throw up the alley-oop, no matter how high, how far to the left or to the right it is, your God is able to dunk it for you. Amen, somebody. The 
question is, are you going to cross over? Are you going to position? He's not even asking you to finish. He's asking you to allow himself to finish through you and finish for you. I get excited about that because that is grace living, church. It doesn't mean we live in sin. It doesn't mean we live how we want to live. It, does, it means that we live a life in which God is the one who is filling all. God is the one who is liberating. God is the one who is leading. God is the one who's completing that work which he began in us. It's all a work of God, but we've got to cross over. We've got to cross over. See, all this is good and it's exciting and wonderful, but if we're not crossing over, if we're not positioning ourselves, if we're not moving forward with him, guess what? We will never experience the full benefit of what he wants for us to experience. Amen? Can someone look in my office? I think I left my towel back there so I can deal with myself here. Glory to God. I'm crossing over from no sweat to sweat. Hallelujah. Number one here that we talked about last week is that we need to determine, thank you, my brother, we need to determine what it is that is holding us back. We need to figure out what it is that is holding us back. We knew that Joshua and the people of God, they saw Moses go up into this mountain where he was going to die, and so they were there waiting. They had been mourning and all of this, and God communicates, said, all right, Joshua, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get up. It's the, 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 My servant has died. My servant has perished, and so now I want you to be my servant. I want you to lead these people into the land of promise. I want you to do some things. And so the first thing we got to do is determine what it it is that is holding us back. When we look at this situation and, and, and we see here that God seems to be communicating something obvious, it's important for us to get this. When you are hearing things that are obvious or things that you just like, man, I already know that, and you're hearing it over and over again, you need to consider why it is that God is allowing you to hear that. I'm let that sink in for a moment. Because sometimes we're, we're sitting here, whether it's in Bible study, whether it's in, you know, in, in, in a preaching on a Sunday, whether it's counsel we're getting from our parents, whatever it is, it could be counsel from a teacher, and it's like we already know that. I, I already know that. Why, 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 why do you keep repeating yourself? You need to ask, why is it they keep repeating themselves? If someone continues to repeat themselves to you, it's because you are obviously not applying what they're telling you. See, what happens to us as Christians is we want to get some new answer to the same problem. We want some new direction. We want some new revelation on how to do. The Bible says do this. Do that. That's all it says. So do that. So you're going to come to one of us. You're going to come to me. You're going to ask a question. Well, this is what the Bible says to do. Well, how do I do with my husband? Love him or respect him. Amen? How do, how do I do with my wife? Love her. Hello, somebody. Real simple, but you know what? You continue to hear the same thing over and over and over again. How do I do with my parents? Honor them and respect them. How do I do with my children? Raise them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. How do I? It's simple. That's how you do it. How do I deal with my money? I need to be a good steward of it. Hello, somebody. How do I get out of debt? Stop overspending. Glory to God. Deep revelation right there. Stop living outside of your means. Hello. Stop trying to keep up with so-and-so. Hello. It's simple stuff. But we want to hear some fresh something. We just need to pay attention to what we've already heard. And guess what? Then we'll start hearing something new. We'll start to hear the next step. See, there's one thing, I, and I heard Bishop T.D. Jake say this a long, long time ago. He said, you know what? God is not like our school system at all. He said, our school system will pass you up grades so you don't look foolish sitting there next to other people. Our God will let your behind sit there in kindergarten with your big knees rubbing up against the gum under the chair every year until you get the lesson. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
God, God, God will continue to show you the same thing over and over and over again until you get it because he ain't moving you to the next place. He's not entrusting you with greater glory. He's not entrusting you with greater revelation. You ain't been faithful with the kindergarten stuff. Hello. And you want to move to college. Glory to God. He, 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 listen, he doesn't get a bonus for how many people are passing. Did you hear me? He doesn't. So it's important for us to pay attention. Why is it that God is communicating things that I already know? Do you really know him? Mm-hmm. Let's move on from that position there. We learned that God was calling the children of Israel across. And not only was he calling them across, but he was calling Joshua to lead them. And we talked about how difficult it was for him. He loved Moses. He learned so much from Moses. He, he didn't want to move forward without Moses, but he had to. And we talked about this wonderful thing, and it's ideal circumstances are not always the plan of God. Sometimes our ideal situation, our ideal thing is not the plan of God. It's not what God intended. And therefore, we need to make sure that our ideal situation is not holding us back from moving forward with God. Because what happens is sometimes, see, here's the thing, and I can testify to you about this because I give you another ideal situation. I've told you about this one before. I told you that when I first got saved, I knew immediately that I was not going to be single for the rest of my life. I knew that I needed to get married. I knew who I was, and I knew what I desired. Therefore, I began to pray. Amen, somebody? I, I didn't just go looking. Hear me? I began to pray. I began to seek the face of God. I began to say, Lord, look, I know I'm young. But I know what I desire. Therefore, I need you to help me because and this was my prayer. I'm being really honest. I said, Lord, I don't want to be like I was in the world. I don't want to be with all kind of different girls because I don't want to look like that guy. Hello, somebody. Because, you know, you got some Christian folks. They're just some Christian players. Hello. Anyone call them Christian? I'm going to call them church players. Uh-huh. We, talk, we, we, we talked about that the other day, too. A real Christian ain't going to be a player. Hello. All different kind of girls and all. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So anyway, I knew this, and I said, God, I don't want to be dishonoring you, so I need you to show me. And so I was at some kind of activity. I don't remember, some, t- some church activity, and there was a girl that I met, and, you know, pretty girl. I said, oh, you know what? I like that, right? Continue to pray. Now, hear me. I want you to pay attention to what was going on inside of my head. Inside of my head, I'm thinking, okay, this girl, she wasn't part of our church. She was part of another church. Her and I were friends for like 10 months, and we talked. We used to talk about the Lord, talk about the word, all of this type stuff. In my head, I'm thinking this is the perfect situation. This is the ideal situation for me, right? She leads worship. Well, you know, I know I'm a preacher. Hello, somebody. I knew I was a preacher from way back. The first day I was in church, I knew they were already telling me I was going to preach because I was already preaching, glory to God. I, I knew like three, three scriptures in the Bible from, you know, the night before, and I was like, just, I just couldn't shut up. So they're like, man, I think you're going to be a preacher. I didn't know really what they were saying. Man, you talk a lot. But anyway, you know. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was like, yeah, well, praise God. I don't know about that. But, you know, they're like, dude, shut up. Let me talk. So anyway, so re- reality is I had this revelation. I'm like, okay, this is the perfect situation for me. So I continue on in this relationship. We're friends. After 10 months, I finally decide, you know what, I'm going to ask her to be my girlfriend. So ask her to be my girlfriend. As we're boyfriend and girlfriend, that lasted like two weeks, two weeks, because I continue to pray. Now, I want you to understand something. Ideal situation. Now, here's what I know. What I know is this. This is what I know. Now, you got to stick with me, please. I know in order for anything to work in my life, I got to have a word to stand on. Say it with me. For anything to work in my life, 
according to God's plan, I got to have a word to stand on. So I'm thinking about marriage. Amen. So you know what I start doing? I start researching every scripture that deals with marriage. Right? I start looking in the scriptures. And I'm like talking to this person. I'm like, yeah, you see what this scripture says? Because I'm trying to confirm to us. I'm trying to confirm to us. Did you hear what I said? I'm trying to solidify my ideal situation utilizing scripture to justify. Did you hear? Are y'all catching this picture? Why am, I, why am I pointing this out to you? Because first of all, we all know that my ideal situation was short-lived because I met the best thing ever. Glory to God. And see, when I met this beautiful woman of God, I was like, Lord, I, my ideal situation started leaving. It was like fading away. It was leaving. I was like, what is wrong? I, I'm like, I, I, I told her one day because I was like, hear what I'm saying. I was seriously, and I, I hadn't kissed her. I hadn't touched her. I was just in conversation with her. I was falling in love with this woman, and I could not, if I tried to control, I couldn't. I was like, why on earth is this going? I'm not supposed to marry her. I'm supposed to marry this is in my head. Hello, somebody. This ain't the spirit of God. This is my ideal situation, and now the will of God is conflicting with my ideal situation. So why is this important for us? Because there are many of us that we have our ideal situation, and we're trying to orchestrate. We're trying to fix things. We're even trying to get scriptures that support our ideal situation, trying to make it function like we want to and say, well, the scriptures support it, and it's good, so that makes it God. No, something good doesn't make it God. See, because I would have missed. Hear what I'm saying. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds favor, listen to me, receives favor from the Lord. My ideal situation would have caused me to miss God's favor. Did you hear me? Listen, you don't want to miss God's favor for your perfect situation. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's not just like that in your relationship. It's like this in all areas of our life. It's important for us that we don't get stuck with our mind on our ideal situation, ideal circumstances, because then we can miss crossing over into what God wants for our lives. Amen? Moving into the promised land, it meant living in the supernatural, yet not depending upon miracles, but learning to walk in blessing. See, when they crossed over, and we'll read it together in a few moments here, when they crossed over into the promised land, they began to experience now the blessing of God, the daily blessing. The scripture says that they ate, once they ate of the produce of the land, the manna stopped. So what does that mean? That means that I need to learn. I talked about this last week. If you want to hear it again, please make sure you get the CD. We need to learn how to live in a supernatural lifestyle. We need to learn how to live supernaturally. We need to learn what that means. We need to learn what the scriptures teach on that. We have the wrong mindset. And I talked about we need to be expecting God for bigger miracles. What I mean is this. In some situations, in some circumstances, especially in our economy today, there are some people who are waiting on a miracle for bills to be paid. And I understand that. But once we get aligned with God and God brings us out of that place, we shouldn't live all of our life. Hear what I'm saying, church. We should not live all of our life depending on a miracle to pay our mortgage. <laughs> we shouldn't be walking around all of our life depending on a miracle to pay our light bill. Hello. We should be depending on God walking in obedience to him. And see, here's the problem. Here, here, here's the thing you got to realize is that the wilderness, the desert, it's a nice place to visit, not a nice place to live. 
See, we all go through those desert seasons. We all go through those difficult times in our lives. And so I'm not negating that reality. But what I am saying is that we cannot get stuck there. We've got to move forward with God and his purposes for our life. The second thing that we learned last week is that we need to depend upon what will keep us moving forward. And so we looked at the promises that God gave to Joshua. He gave Josh the threefold mandate. He told Joshua that he was going to lead the people over the Jordan into the land. Number two, that they were going to defeat the enemies in the land. Number three, that he would divide the land into inheritances for each of the tribes. Along with the threefold mandate, God also gives him three promises. The first promise is that Israel would enter the land, not maybe, not later, but now. They were going to enter into the land of promise. And as believers, we must understand that all spiritual blessing belong to us now, not later. We're not waiting to go to heaven to be blessed, church. We need to be blessed now while we are here on this earth. We don't need to wait for that because the blessing and the glory and all of that is reserved up there. It's not going to, all we're going to do is bask in that glory and in the presence of Almighty God. God, we need to make sure that we're walking according to the promises of God, that we're walking according to the purposes of God, and that we're seeing his blessing manifesting in all areas of our life. The second promise that he gives is he tells him that he would be with him as he was with Moses. And so the question was last week, is God going to dwell with us like he dwelt with Moses? And I said, no, the real question is, are you willing to walk with God like Moses did? Because he gives you a promise, he brings you all the way to the book of Hebrews, and he tells you, he quotes this exact same scripture and says that he would never leave them nor forsake them. Remember, I talked about failing. Hello. He won't fail them. He won't let them down. He won't be the cause for us to fail. He's never going to walk away from us. And so this is what God communicates. And when we looked at his threefold responsibility to lead the people into the Jordan, to lead people into a supernatural life, it is our mandate as well to lead others to Christ. Amen? It is our mandate as well to lead others to the saving knowledge of who he is to bring them into that supernatural relationship. He talked about the, the mandate to bring destruction to the enemies. Well, we also are called more than conquerors. The scriptures teach us that we are called not to, that, or, or that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness and spiritual forces and dark places. And so we understand that this is our battle. So we are called to be what? More than conquerors in these areas. We're not supposed to be defeated. And we're not only defeating enemies for ourselves, but defeating enemies enemies for others. Hello, somebody. And then we talk about this inheritance thing. Well, obviously, we're not the ones who divide the inheritance, but we inherit the inheritance. Amen? And we lead people into that because we know that there is an inheritance that is stored up for us who are walking with him and that the same glory that Jesus has, we will have if we do what? If we suffer with him. Amen? Joshua had this mandate from God, and we learned this last week. But we also know that while God gave him this mandate, he gave him these promises, he didn't tell Joshua, figure out how you're going to defeat the enemy. That isn't what he said. He didn't tell Joshua, think about how you're going to do this. That isn't what he did. What he did was he told Joshua, he said, there's one thing you need to do. You need to be strong and courageous. But I love this because when he tells him be strong and courageous, he isn't telling him just be strong and courageous. He's telling him be strong and courageous to make sure that you obey everything that's in my law. See, that takes strength and courage that's of a different level. See, it's one thing to face somebody. It's one thing to face a natural situation with courage and strength. It's a whole other thing to have to make sure that you are abiding by the laws of God no matter what it costs. See, that takes a totally different type of courage. It takes a totally different kind of resolve to say, you know what? No matter who I offend, I want to make sure of one thing, I please him. 
See, that takes a different type of courage. That takes a different type. It's amazing because when you read it, that's what he's telling me. He didn't say, son, be valued in the face of the enemy. That's not what he said. He said, be strong and courageous. Make sure that you do not allow this law of mine to depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night to ensure that you do everything that is in it. For what? So that way you can make sure that your way is prosperous and that you have good success. You want prosperity? You want success? It is through the laws of God. By us meditating upon those laws, we will know what to do and what not to do. And when we know what to do, and we just, and all we have to do, I'm going to talk about the will of God, not, not, not this week or next week, but I'm going to talk about the will of God because if we are simply faithful with what God has shown us in his will, everything else that we haven't seen, he'll walk us right into it. Hear me. This is what he was saying. He's saying, Joshua, you just observed my law. And as you continue forward, you're going to bring conquering to all of these lands. You're going to bring conquering. To, you're going to bring the people into the place of conquering over all of these giants, over all of these armies and all of these things that are, that are in that land. You're going to bring deliverance to them. But you have to make sure that you obey the law. So what does that tell us, church? That tells us that the guarantee of our success is no different than that of Joshua. It is not solely the declaration of the word of God over our lives that guarantees our success, but it is the depth of the word of God within our lives. It is not solely how powerful, how prophetic, or how great that word is. It is how profoundly the word of God is penetrating your life. That is what guarantees your success because you have to have a profound commitment to the word of God to ensure that you are going to walk in a way that is going to bring glory and honor to God. And let me just throw this in there because it's very important for us to recognize that success is not to be measured the way the world measures success. I heard this quote and I thought it was the best quote and it is who is the richest person on the planet? It is the one who owes the least. It's not the one who has the most. It is the one who owes the least. The one who owes the least is the richest person on the planet. Hello, somebody. You don't owe, listen, you, you can have a, a, you know, what, what we'll call an average house. You can have average vehicles and owe no one anything, and you're richer than somebody who is up to here in debt, living in that big old mansion, driving them fancy cars. Hello, somebody. You will be that richest person. Having a family, how about this? Having a family that is walking in love, that is walking in unity, that is walking in blessing, that is seeking God, that is what it means to be successful, church, to have a home that is aligned under the order in direction of God Almighty. That's what it means to be successful. And this is what God wants. And so right here we find that it is that, that it is found or clearly in the scriptures here that the thing that was going to keep Joshua moving forward was what? The word of God. It was the word of the Lord. That, that, that is what was going to keep Joshua moving forward. And see, I want you to realize this, that this message here is not, I, I hope that you're not just receiving it as just, you know, just another message. Okay, yeah, crossing on. No, I hope that you are getting the prophetic declaration that is coming out of this. Because I want you to know that I've been laboring in prayer over this. And I've been crying out to God because I want to make sure that every person in this place grasps the prophetic reality that God is trying to communicate. 
Because if you will grasp that reality, then you will run forward and you will stop. You, 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 you will not allow yourself to go backwards, but you will make sure that you are moving forward. See, a lot of times we sit down and we hear messages. I say we because I haven't always been the one standing up here preaching. I've been the one sitting down there. And you can sense when people are not grasping this, people are not getting this. I'm not up here sweating and all excited because I'm just, no, it's because I want you to grasp what God is trying to communicate to you as an individual and to us corporately as a body. It is time for us to move forward. I'm not just talking about when we move into the new building. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about moving forward in another dimension spiritually, moving forward in our devotion to being disciples of Christ, moving forward in what God wants. And so we need to have that word that is bubbling up inside of us. And it is awesome because the word of God gives us the encouragement that is necessary. I love it because we talked about the Psalms and, and, and exhorting one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual Psalms. Well, I love the book of Psalms because you know what the book of Psalms says? Because some of us go through things and we're going through difficulty and we have those moments. We're excited. We're moving forward. And then all of a sudden difficulty hits us and we automatically want to stop. We automatically want to give up. So then the question is, what is it that I'm going to do in order to make sure that I get up? What is it that I'm, well, I'm going to depend on what the Word of God says. Love the psalm. I can't remember which one it is exactly, but it says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes with the morning light. And so, so, so here's the word. Y'all got to get this because this is what God is communicating. God is communicating to us that there is no more wandering, no more wondering, but it is time to move forward in purpose and destiny. Did you hear what I said? No more wandering. See, the children of Israel, they were wandering around for 40 years in the desert, walking around. They had no purpose. They didn't understand. They're just walking around in circles, waiting. And really, when you look at those 40 years, what was the purpose? It was so that way the old stuff could be dealt with. Are you tired of dealing with old stuff already? Are you tired of continuing to deal with the past, continue to deal with the things that are whole? I mean, I don't know about you, but I get tired of that stuff. I get tired of having to continue to see the past being, being re-brought up to the surface in my face. And so they walked around for those 40 years dealing with all of that mess. And you know what God is communicating to them in this scripture here? He's telling them, listen, it's time for you to cross over. It's time for you to leave those people that died in the desert. It's time to move forward. Those people that died in the wilderness, it's time for you to move forward. So no more wandering, church. You don't need to be wandering about with no purpose. You need to grasp onto God and realize that no matter what it looks like right now, no matter what it feels like right now, you are a, per a person who was created with a divine purpose and design. You don't need to walk around wandering. You need to know that you are walking according to the word of God. And when you are walking according to the word of God, that's why the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Because of what? Because they are hearing the word of God, they are meditating on the word of God, and they are living the word of God. No more wondering, glory to God. No more, no, no more wondering, is this going to work out? Is that going to work out? You know why you're not wondering? It's not because the situation is necessarily going to change, church. It is because you understand that I don't need to wonder about that. I need to wonder in him. Did you hear me? I, I, I don't need to be wondering, well, what's going to happen here or what's going to happen there? No, I am trusting in the wonder of who he is. I am trusting in his resume, glory to God, that he has given us so that we can look back at his history and see how he's dealt with people and see that throughout these scriptures we see a God who does not change, a God who remains the same. And therefore, if I will devote myself to walking with him, not wandering in this earth, if I will devote myself to wandering in him, not wandering about my situation, if I will devote myself to that, then I will enter into the fullness of his purpose in my life. 
But we go back to that other scripture there that we talked about, that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning light. So you know what? Even though you're not wandering, even though you're not wondering, guess what? You're going to have those nights of weeping. Hello, somebody. You're going to have those moments. And you know what? What I don't want you to do is don't get caught up in the moment of weeping. Look forward to the morning. Hello. See, 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 and, and the beauty is because we've heard this when we sing that song, Trading My Sorrows, we realize that weeping endures for a night. Joy comes in the morning light, and we've heard it, especially if we listen to the CD. Morning is not necessarily what has an AM next to it. Amen, somebody? Morning is when you get a revelation. Morning is whenever the sun rises. And can I tell you something? You and I need to be the type of people who are raising the sun daily. We need to be those who, like David says, and I believe it's in Psalm 105, he said that he would awake the dawn. In other words, he said, I'm not waiting for the sun to rise to give God praise, but in the midst of my darkness, in the midst of that dark hour, in the midst of that confusion, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the sun, wake up. I'm going to tell the sun, rise. I'm going to prophesy. It's time to get up because my praise is aligning with God Almighty. See, that's what has to happen. We've got to be those kind of people that are not passive when we're going through our situation, but we say, you know what? I don't need to wait for anything. I need to raise the sun, the S-O-N, every moment every opportunity I have and that causes my weeping to turn into joy because what as long as the sun is raised joy is there so how do you move forward you got to have a word from God not Bishop's word you li 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 listen you got to have a word that comes from his word a word that you can go back and you can forget what, whatever I said but you know what you can go back to this word look in the book of Psalms and you're going to find the scriptures there you're going to find the encouragement that you need in order to continue forward and moving into the destiny and purpose that God has for you amen number three please repeat this after me say we must deal with disqualifying attributes we must deal with disqualifying attributes. Now, we looked at these other things here. We talked about those things that hold us back. We talked about making sure that we had and we were holding on to what it is that's going to keep us moving forward. But then we have this other thing. There are some disqualifying attributes. And we find here in chapter 5, as we said earlier, that the children of Israel had now crossed over the Jordan. They were in the promised land. And as they're in the promised land, God communicates to them at that point. He says, okay, now you're in the promised land. Now you have entered into this place. Now you've entered into the land that I promised you. So now we've got to deal with something that's going to disqualify you from continuing to walk in my covenant blessing. And what is that? They were uncircumcised. They had been walking throughout this desert for 40 years. The new generation, they hadn't been circumcised. Circumcision was a sign of covenant between Abraham and God Almighty, that God communicated to Abraham that all of his descendants should be circumcised. So if they're not going to walk in this blessing, if they're not going to walk in this covenant, then they're not going to be able to enter into the land of covenant. It will make no sense. And so God pauses them, and he says, listen, I want you to deal with these disqualifying factors. Why is this important? Because being uncircumcised is, 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 is a sign of you walking in the flesh. It's a sign of you walking in your own strength and your own ability. That's what it communicates, that these people are walking according to their own ability. They're walking according to their own revelation, right? So here's what happens. God communicates to them and says, listen, you need to be circumcised. The Bible says that no flesh will glory in my sight. Amen? Here's another thing I want you to realize. That if you can do it by yourself, on your own wisdom, on your own knowledge and on your own strength, you didn't need God for it. Did you hear me? If you can do it in your own wisdom, in your own strength, in your own might, with your own money, why did you need God to do it? You, 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 you had this 
And so therefore, what I see, and again, let's look at the scriptures here. When I see God calling his people to do something, he's always calling them to do stuff that's much bigger than them. Why? Because he wants to get all the glory. He doesn't want no confusion. He doesn't want any confusion on who did it. Oh, they did it because they inherited this. Mm-mm. They did it because, no, they did, that, 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 they did it because he did it through them. He did it. He did it through them. So they have to deal with the circumcision. They're going to enter into this land. They're going to enter into this place. And before Israel could fully, hear me now, before they could fully occupy the land and partake of the fruit of the land, they had to deal with the flesh and God had to deal with their past. Once and for all, it wasn't this thing of God continually bringing up the past. No, God was going to deal with their past once and for all. When they went through this process of circumcision, as you read the scriptures, he says that he rolled away the reproach of Egypt. What he did was he dealt with their past. It was him who dealt with their past, right? But how did he do that? It was by them going through the process. See, here's, here's what we don't want to hear. We want to hear about the devil trembling. We want to hear about the blessing and the victory and all this and that. But we don't want to hear about the process that is painful. See, because anybody knows dealing with the past sometimes is painful. Dealing with issues is, or dealing with issues sometimes it is painful. And so we need to make sure that we're looking at the example that we have here. They couldn't move forward. They couldn't go forward into the land and do everything God called them to do until they dealt with their flesh issues, until they dealt with that. While it is God, church, who deals with our past, it does not mean that we do not have to experience some pain in the process. It's God who deals with it. It's God who works it out. But sometimes we've got to go through some pain and experience. I mean, the scripture says clearly that they went through this, that they went through this circumcision process. And then what does the Bible say? The Bible says that they stood in a place until they were healed. Hello. So not only did they go through the process of cutting, but they also had to wait to be healed in order for them to move forward. It's important for us to grasp this reality because sometimes as God is dealing with us, here's what happens. We want to just jump right in and we want, we, oh, you know what, I'm saved, I got this, and so I'm just going to move forward in whatever it is that God wants me to do. Is that not what we want to do? Oh, you know what, I got, I got a revelation of this, I'm just going to forget the process. Forget the process. You see, and that's dangerous. Because you still need to go through that process of healing. You need to come to that place of wholeness. Because when you go back into the Old Testament, for those of you that were in here with um, Pastor Chad the other night for the Wednesday night when he did the preaching or teaching to the, to the adults as well as the youth, he was talking about a situation that was similar. You remember Dinah? That was one of the children, the daughters of Jacob. You remember her? How many of y'all remember Dinah? Well, you remember what happened, right? The sons of Jacob, they decided they were going to be slick. And they said, you know what we're going to do? Well, if you want to marry her, y'all need to be circumcised. Why? Because that would place them in a vulnerable situation. And so they waited for them to be vulnerable. And then what did they do? They came in when these men were hurting and they were sore and they killed them all. Hello, somebody. And so it's important that we don't move forward ahead of the process being completed in us. Hallelujah. That we allow God to deal with whatever it is that needs to be dealt with. When you look at this circumcision, I, I love the, um, the, the, the analogy, actually, that Pastor Lewis gave the other day when he was preaching. I thought it was so powerful. And he's talked about us living in the flesh. And he said that when we live in the flesh, we are what? Serpent food. Y'all remember that? Amen? Y'all don't remember that? Y'all should have got excited and given God some praise for that beautiful and glorious revelation. Hallelujah. 
When you live in the flesh, you are serpent food because what? He gave you the revelation from the book of Genesis that the serpent was cursed to walk on the ground. He was going to walk on his belly for the days of his life, and he would eat dust. And therefore, we are made from the dust. Amen, somebody? And so that makes us, when we are walking in the flesh, we're serpent food. Hello. Right? Amen. So we have this understanding. But there's something else that I realize about this process of circumcision. Because when I look at this, not only are we serpent flesh, but we are also incapable of producing that which God has purposed until we allow our flesh to be dealt with. What do you mean? Well, you look at this guy by the name of Abraham. He's a prime example. And he was there living with his wife and, you know, Sarai. She was like, you know, I want to have children and all this and that. Couldn't have children. Nothing was happening. If you read the story, this, this, will, this will really show you some things that, that just goes to show you how much was really inside of Abraham, and he really should have recognized what was inside of him. Because there was nothing inside of Abraham except nations. Hello. That's all that was inside of this man's loins was nations. No matter where they came from, you know, or where they went to, it was nations inside of him. And so what happens? What happens is he decides to listen to his wife, goes into the concubine, and what happens? The concubine immediately gets pregnant. So now nations are warring because of something that happened way back in the days, right? So what, but, but, but pause for a moment because I want you to realize this. He was able to produce something, but he was not able to bring forth the promise until he was circumcised. Why is this important? I hope you're getting this. Because plenty of times we produce stuff that looks so good that we become comfortable in that. We produce stuff that, well, you know what, I'm successful, this is okay, so I'm good right where I'm at. I don't need to move forward, I don't need to, I'm good right where I am. No, 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 not so. You can be productive and not be fruitful according to God's standards. So what does that tell me? That tells me that before, when I deal with the flesh, I'm not able only to be productive, but I'm able to be fruitful because it wasn't until he was circumcised. Once he was circumcised, then he lay with his wife. Hello, somebody. His wife becomes pregnant with the seed of promise because before God's going to bring forth his promises through you, your flesh got to get out the way. Before we're going to see the fullness of what God wants in us, flesh got to go, church. It's got to get out of the way because if it doesn't get out of the way, we will continue to hinder that which God is trying to do through us. And so it's time to cross over. It's time to come into that place. It's time to allow God to cut away our carnality and release us into his promises, into his perfection, and into his purpose. We've been talking all of this time about this title, Crossover. And we know that Jesus bore that cross for us. Amen? And I want you to realize that Jesus bearing that cross, Jesus carrying that cross, he crossed over for us so that way we could enter into his rest. So we could enter into his blessing. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we could become the righteousness of God in him, Christ Jesus. Amen? The Bible teaches us clearly that he became poor so that we could become rich. Not just talking about earthly riches, church. Talking about the inheritance of glory that is there. And so Jesus crossed over so that way we could cross over. Jesus came across that line. And, or he, he came across that, that place from eternity down to this earth. Put on flesh for us so that way we could experience a new life in him. And so here's what I want you to realize. What I want you to realize is that there is nothing the cross 
cannot fix. The question is, will you allow it to fix what's broken? It's not your way. It's his way. It's not how you want or you think. It's his way. So the question is, what's broken? What is it that you need to have fixed? Where is it that you need to cross over from into with God? What is it that you're dealing with? Do you want to cross over or do you want to stay where you're at? See, because me, I've already crossed over. I'm not waiting to cross over. But I need everyone to cross over with me. We need to cross over as a body into that which God has for us. As I was praying for this ministry time today, one of the things that I saw in the scriptures here is the Bible says, and this is in chapter 4, when Joshua was getting ready to go over to the promised land and the Jordan River, scripture says that God communicated to him and said, listen, I want you to have the priest get the Ark of the Covenant, and I want them to walk forward before the people. People need to stay back a little bit, but I want the priest to come forward with the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, and I want them to step into the water. And he communicates to him, he said, and this is when I'm going to begin to exalt you in front of Israel, and I'm going to show them that you are, that I'm with you just like I was with Moses, basically, is what he's communicating to them. And he says then that the Ark of the Covenant and the priest came over, and when they came to the water, told him to stand in the water. So they get into the water of the Jordan, and when they get into the water, the Bible says that something just like the Red Sea happened, that the waters stopped. The waters stopped so that way the people could cross over. The waters stopped so that way the people could cross over. So the leadership had to enter in to that supernatural realm. They had to go in there first, and then God opened the way for them. Amen? And so I want my leaders to stand up, please, and we're going to do something symbolically. All of the pastors, I want you to stand up. And what I want you to do here is I want you to stand, and the rest of the church, you can stand up as well as they stand. But I want you to come right here to this middle lane, and, or to, the, to this middle aisle here. And what I want you to do is we can start, and what, what, what I want is husbands on my side, wives on this side. Husbands over here, pastoral husbands, make sure your wife is in front of you, glory to God. However you want to do it, it doesn't matter. I'll let y'all figure it out. Yeah, just like this. Now, we're going we, we, we to make a way. Praise the Lord Jesus. Make sure your wife is in front of you. Glory to God. This going to be a little tight. I need the music ministry to come up here to the front. If I can have my wife and the rest of the music ministry come to the front here. Yeah, you can come to the front. Be prepared to minister here. And the reason why I have them here in this position, you can come forward, you can, well, no, you, you, you can all come closer, come closer, right there, right there's good, right there's good, right there's good, you can stop, no, you don't have to sing right now, you can just right there, you're good, perfect, perfect, perfect place. But I want you to see this for what it is, because this is just a symbol, church. This is just a symbol of your leadership entering in before you. Because here's what I believe, this is what I believe, I believe that all of these people, Today you'll get a newsletter and you'll see Pastor Robert and Pastor Marisol. I believe they both end their, their, um, their communication with, I'm praying for you. So that means to me that they are entering into the supernatural realm and they're warring on your behalf. They're praying on your behalf. They're creating breakthrough on your behalf. And this right here is just symbolic of what's already going on in the spirit realm. And what's happening is, is they are standing up here and I'm inviting you to cross over. 
I'm inviting you to leave on the other side of our youth pastors, whatever it is that needs to stay there, and to come over into this realm. I'm inviting you to leave a broken family and enter into something that is going to be restored in him. I'm inviting you to leave a broken heart and enter into a place of healing and wholeness. I'm inviting you to cross over from that realm into this supernatural realm where God wants to do something fresh inside of you. And see, right now, as the pastors are praying and they're interceding, they're creating that atmosphere for you so that way when you come through here, you're going to sense the breaking. You're going to sense the lifting. You're going to sense the healing as you enter into that realm. And so you don't have to wait if you want to cross over. You know what you're facing. You know what you're going through. Everybody, come on, stand to your feet. You know what you're fighting. I want you to walk through here. I want you to come forward. I want you to come to the front and say, God, I'm ready to cross over. I'm not going to stay here stagnant any longer. I'm not going to stay here broken any longer, but I'm going to enter into the place of healing. As you come forward, come as close to the altar as you can. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Oh, Lord, we honor your name. We honor your name. We honor your name. We honor your name. We honor your name in this place. Come on, allow the breakthrough to take place inside of you. Allow the breakthrough to take place inside of you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, right now, my God. My God, my God, my God. My God, my God. Bring change, Lord. Bring healing, God. Lord, bring restoration, God. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. You are the Lord of the breakthrough, my God. You are the Lord of the breakthrough. You are the healer. You are the reviver. You are the restorer. You are the revelation. Lord God, you are the one that we're waiting on, my God. Oh, Spirit of the living God, have your way. Have your way. Have your way.
your spirit 